0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,
1: Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shot streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And here it is, it's officially Playoff week at the Play. Star in Frisco. We are Playoffs. inside the SWBC podcast studio. Bill Jones, along with Everson Walls. And Everson, do you know where Mickey is? Where's is Mickey? He is inside the SWC podcast playoff studio.
2: Oh, he's in the playoff studio. So we're just in the regular season That's right. studio. We're in the
1: regular season right. studio. He is in the satellite center <laughs> monitoring what is going on <laughs> on the practice field. Also in the the bay Satellite area Center. with the san francisco 49ers <laughs> and now let's toss it to our chief meteorologist mickey spagnola in the playoff podcast <laughs> studio for the latest update go Mick. hello mickey <laughs> oh definitely you know
0: i think i'm in a secret location <laughs> watching practice
2: <laughs> yeah i saw him outside man it, it looked good out there i saw the guys out there practicing the day and, like. and the
1: way Mickey is looking down. Yeah,
2: but they uh, moved in.
1: The way Mickey is looking down at his computer screen, it they, looks they, like he's down. He's looking down on the practice
2: field. Yes, yes, <laughs> like a like a drone. All yeah, right. they would they
0: would they would probably shoot me if I was because that's why they moved indoors. Uh, Mike McCarthy talked about how they were going to have the first part of practice outdoors and then they were going to move inside because they're playing indoors. I don't think so. Uh-huh. I think he didn't want a lot of eyes on practice.
1: Yeah, but Mickey, the media's not allowed at practice. I mean, what difference would it make? <laughs>
0: uh, I think Riddle Dr. Pepper and got back. a lot of windows <laughs> next <in that> door. <store.
1: laughs> All right, all right, and as you can tell, Mickey, we're working with a little bit of a delay getting all the way to that uh, Playoff Podcast Satellite Center, and so we'll work through that here. But, uh, hey, it's time to get started on my drive-in, Everson. I was listening to KNBR in San Francisco, Greg Uh Papa, who does play-by-play as a radio show out there. So I am briefed up on exactly what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers. And let me tell you, Mickey, the 49ers believe they are coming in here and they are not only winning this game at 3.30 on Saturday, but they
2: are running the table. What? They're going all the way? That's what they're talking okay. like. Okay, okay. They, they're shades of Eli Manning. Is that what yeah, it is? It's a,
0: it's a pretty confident area. I was reading uh, the newspapers, San Francisco and Oakland, uh, and uh, San Jose, by the way, the Mercury News, and you guys, uh, I think will love this little tidbit. Uh, they had a guy uh, analyzing the Cowboys, and he must have been on that website that does all the analytical stuff. Uh, I can't remember what the call letters are for it, but uh, anyway, how about this? <laughs> so he was, he was the this guy was examining the Cowboys' secondary. And uh, he said, maybe Shanahan will move his attention outside and try to give Dallas cornerback Trayvon Diggs something to think about. The second-year Alabama player led the NFL in interceptions this past season with 11. But when he didn't make the interceptions, he was downright bad corner. Diggs is worthless against the run. The Niners always want to run it outside the numbers, but in this game, they'll be even more eager. He'll also give up what he takes away, though I'm not sure he wins that battle. Turnovers are the lifeblood of wins in football, Big Diggs' risk-reward style is something I could imagine the Niners' offense are targeting with their excellent receivers. I think it could be a winning strategy. Coaches leading teams into the playoffs didn't coach the season opener. Oh, never mind. That was the end of it. That was another note. Uh, So
2: this guy doesn't think much of Trayvon Diggs, right? You know, I've I've heard a lot of that uh, from certain, uh, I call them 'er ne'er-do-wells. These are the people that continue to talk about what Diggs does not do. And look, he's a second-year player, Spags. And I'm not expecting him to be this, you know, uh, perfect player. First of all, if you're gonna try and make interceptions, you're gonna get beat. If you're gonna sit back and just, you know, let guys catch stuff in front of you that like our previous uh, defensive backfield, or catch and release that I called it, mm-hmm. that just gets on my nerves because it does nothing. You know, you, you don't do anything. You just sit back, you let them catch the ball, you play it safe. I really don't like playing it safe. I don't think our defense, especially our secondary, can afford to play it safe. I think we need to get turnovers whenever we can. I think aggression is the best way to go for any defensive back. And if you get beat a couple times, then that's just the way it goes. But I promise you, anytime Diggs gets an interception, it lights a fire under this team. And that's just something that you can't analytically just, just ignore. So it's like risk versus reward. You doggone in your mind. right of this. Yeah, it is. You it, doggone it, right it is, Bill.
0: You know, and 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 again, guys are just looking at numbers. They, they I, I bet this guy hasn't watched Trayvon Diggs play a game, like a whole game, right? And to just say he's downright bad, it's like, okay, Mister Expert, let's see.
2: Yeah, it, it, sometimes it's just a hyperbole, and they're trying to geek up their guys on on the West Coast end. And I, I do get that. You will have opportunities against Trey Diggs, but you will also get shut down against Trey Diggs. I have seen him, and we've all seen it, to where not only does he make interceptions, his he has a, a great number of pass breakups as well. So it's not just about interceptions. It's about getting his hand on the ball and making plays against the wide receiver. To me, I think more times than not. And we've seen a lot where uh,
1: opposing quarterbacks will throw at Trayvon and the reaction from the Cowboys' defense after he gets a pick is we can't believe that he threw at him. (laughs) How stupid were you? Yeah, yeah.
2: And so, you know, you can pick your poison as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) And you can pick your poison spags as far as I'm concerned because I I was a victim of that my rookie year especially. But once you start learning, okay, and and I think even after um, halfway through – our rookie year, and I'm speaking of myself and Michael Downs and all those DBs, the big plays that we gave up in 1981, they diminished greatly during the second half of that season and into the playoffs, okay? So when you start looking at that, I believe Diggs in this secondary, I think they're getting better, and I think they've given up fewer big plays in the games that they've won. And so I think that that pattern is going to continue. All right, Mickey. Uh, bring us up to speed on uh, you know, and
0: the other uh, we'll the ahead. other thing, Bill. The other thing, Bill. I was just going to say on that. I'm sorry we got a little bit of a delay, but uh, there's this perception that the reason he's got all these interceptions is that he gambles. And if you look at his interceptions, a lot of them, and Everson talked about it, like the the one that tied his record, he wasn't gambling. He was just covering the guy, and he went up and caught the ball that was a 50-50 ball. It's like he was trailing underneath. That's not gambling. That's covering the receiver. And I think that's the misconception about him like when he gets beat that means he's gambling, but when he gets an interception that means he gambled and won. And I don't I just don't think that's accurate.
1: All right, Mickey, bring us up to speed on uh what else is going on here on this Wednesday.
0: Well, um, the Cowboys, like I said, they, they start. this was their first practice getting ready for San Francisco. They were outside, then they went inside, and it looks like only two guys were missing from practice. Uh, Jaron Ron Curse, uh still hasn't uh, been out of the COVID protocol. Uh, they expect him back tomorrow, and then the only other player that wasn't at practice was Nashawn Wright. Uh, and we'll see what the, when the injury report comes out uh, just exactly why he's not there. Uh, but all the other guys that were on COVID uh, were at practice. Uh, and really, the guys that had injuries, this is probably the healthiest the Cowboys have been uh, in quite some time. And I'm sure they're knocking on wood right now because, <laughs> you know, when somebody asked me today uh, on the radio about COVID, are they in the clear? I said, today they are. But you never know what tomorrow brings.
1: Tell me about it. And um, I've listened to San Francisco radio. Apparently, the 49ers are as healthy as they've been in a long time, too. You know, it's it's such a long season, and the, this the longest season ever. Um, and with the um, – the tools that teams have in place in order to put a player on injured reserve and bring them back now because of the pandemic here the last couple of years, uh, there I think it's been from a strategic standpoint and preparing a playoff team, and getting your guys ready when they need to be ready in January, it's been a good thing in the NFL that they've got this um, three-week IR Mm -hmm. where guys can get healthy again. And I think you're going to see good football being played here in the playoffs because teams are healthier than what they normally are come playoff time.
0: Although I did see um, I'm trying to remember which team it was. Uh, they needed help at safety, and they, they signed a safety that was already retired. They got him out of Weddle. Um, Eric yes. Weddle. I'm yes. trying to now. remember who did it. but they.
2: they... What happened?
1: I guess I'll have to Google Eric Weddle okay. and find out yeah, the rest yeah. of the story here mm-hmm. ever since.
0: <laughs> well, no, I'll Let's find see you here oh, Rams, right, The Rams. The
1: Rams. The Rams are signing Eric Weddle.
2: The Rams did. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> was he with the Chargers at
1: uh, one point? I get those two L.A. teams mixed up, Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: He was (laughs) with the San Diego Chargers. Well, he was with the Chargers for years. And then with the Ravens. Exactly. And then he was with the Rams, wasn't he, at the I don't remember with he retired. yeah. So, um, what a great player Eric Weddle Mm -hmm. has been in his career. And uh, so that's interesting. Um, He announced his retirement February of 2020. So he missed – the entire 2020 season, and obviously been out this year. And he's signing with the Rams. Uh, and he, he started for the Rams his final year, which would have been uh, the 2019 season. Okay, okay. So, I mean, but you talk so about So, is
2: he coming back? Is he going to be a starter? Uh, is he replacing the, the starter? Uh,
1: let's see. Because well, that's, that's going to they're be Yeah, look at they're, it this they're, way. Short-handed.
0: They, I'll, I, they're short-handed. short-handed at safety yeah. and, and
1: cornerback. And uh, Jordan Fuller out. Taylor
0: for the- Rapp, yeah. uh, who got an interception this last game, uh, entered concussion protocol. Ah. Uh, Fuller uh, suffered an ankle injury, and it's going to require season-ending surgery. Wow. Uh, they also uh, have cornerback Darius Williams uh, suffered a shoulder injury uh, in the game. So yeah, they've got a bunch of injuries in the secondary. Boy,
2: that was an emotional game, and and obviously very very physical as well. Boy, them losing that game, I, I don't know how they're going to go into this next game, Spags, against the Cardinals, because that, you know, you just look at that game, man, and, and giving it up like you did, to me, that 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 doesn't bode well. I don't think for Matt Stafford's let,
1: confidence. Let me ask you, Everson. Okay, let's two years after you retired, let's say. Well, in fact, you retired what year? What was your last year? Uh, nineteen
2: ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. Mm-hmm. Let's say
1: in nineteen ninety five because Jimmy wasn't here anymore. Okay. No. Barry was here. It'd be safe to come let's back. Let's say let's say in 19 let's say in 1995 be safe the Cowboys had a need for a safety uh as they entered the playoffs. Yeah. Could you yeah. did you keep yourself in good enough I shape did. I did. where you could have come and
2: contributed in the playoffs? I very well could have. 2 years I'd say up to to 3 to 4 years after. You know, I, in my mind, I felt that I was still in shape to play. I don't know what, what would have happened if I would have gotten out there. I always tell people, to this day, you can put me in on third down. I'm sure on third, like, like third and, let's say third and so, fi- so, third and 15 plus. So to heck with 1995. The Right now, right now. <laughs> me and T.O. ready to come back, baby. That's right. I could get on third and 15 plus. I'm sure I could play free safety back there and make it – I could make it to a flag route. I could actually cover a flag route if you just have him put a could little air you, under it.
1: Could you have done in the Super Bowl that year mm-hmm. against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh-huh. – could you have done what Larry Brown did at cornerback? Oh, I could do that now.
2: <laughs> I could do what Larry Brown did. I mean, he had, a, he had a great game, MVP, but let's face it, the plays that he made, that was the least amount of effort he had to spend. That's right. right in making so the play. So, so you're so saying Mickey could have done that. Mickey could have done that. That's exactly what I was saying. Anyone could have done that. I could have caught Mickey.
0: that ball. Absolutely, I could have caught
2: it. I would have run just as far as he did, too. Yeah, I think I could have done that. I think I could have. <laughs> All right, we're just getting started
1: on this edition of Mick Show.
2: It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new, so AT and T is giving everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones.
0: AT and T may temporarily slow data speeds
1: if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Back, back, back to mixed back. shots.
0: Be the first to receive new offers, event info, and more when you sign up to receive. Text messages from the team. Text COWBOYS to NFL DAL, that's 635-325, to receive 10% off your next Pro Shop order. Message frequency may vary. Messages and data rates may apply.
1: All right, uh, Mickey, there is a reason that Everson Walls has donned a gold shirt here in the SWBC podcast studio today. Everson, would you like to explain why you're decked out in gold? Because. It's ordinarily when you're playing San Francisco, you wouldn't have gold on but with the gold rush no, coming. We coming to town on, no, on we would not. No, we would not. But you've got a good reason to be playing gold, to, uh, and, wearing gold today. And, and
2: speaking of gold, but just a little bit off off the the, the track, uh, I just heard a bad story about the 49ers. I mean, the original 49ers scared the heck out of me as a black man. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I am here to talk about uh, the celebration that was just given by the city of Dallas for. Dallas-South Oak Cliff High School, and we just uh, congratulated them and had a ceremony celebrating their UIL uh, state championship for 2021. Uh, Who did they beat in that game? Was it Liberty Hill? Yep. Liberty Liberty Hill. Hill. They ended up winning that game. The entire season was extremely emotional. I think their biggest win. That year was against Alito. Yes, uh, in that playoff game, yep. he, he talked about Coach Todd, Coach Jason Todd talked about the the ball usually bounced away from sock. Mm-hmm. He said this year the ball bounced their way, and the Alito game was something that he brought up. So I didn't really see that game, but obviously they got maybe a lucky bounce or finally got a break after 50-plus years of not going to the championship. So first UIL championship since 1958 for any Dallas uh, high school to win the state championship. And uh, the, the people that were there to, to cheer them on and, and to, to be part of the celebration was uh, Charles Haley, was one of them? He got up and spoke, and of course that was very adventurous. Uh, when any time Charles gets up and says something, because you never <laughs> know what the heck he's gonna say. And also Russell Maryland was there. They both gave uh, words of encouragement. Uh, Charles, by the way, a very uh, uh, emotional and and inspiring speech about how. You know he came up, and you know how hard he had to work. He was reading three grades behind. Even went to went to school. Still got his uh, a master. I'm sorry, got his graduation uh, degree, his bachelor's from uh, James Madison. And of course, Russell Maryland got up there and just talked about you know being a champion. And of course, he had two championships with Miami and and three with the Cowboys. And I got up there with my one Super Bowl win, <laughs> my only championship of my entire life. But this is what they gave us. I don't know if. If you can see see that, yeah, Yeah, this is what they gave us just for participating, uh, congratulating them on being uh, champions for the first Dallas team since 1958 to win that. So, very cool. The mayor was there. uh, Mayor Johnson was there. Uh, Councilwoman uh, Arnold, she's just an amazing young lady. And uh, so we just had a lot of people there celebrating the moment. They're going to have a parade, another parade, going through the city of Dallas. They also, uh, uh, I believe they're going to have a street. We had the plaque, the, the, the name of the street. And we were taking pictures with it, you know, South Oak Cliff Lane or whatever it was. So they're going to name a street somewhere out there in Oak Cliff. It's going to be named after that high school. And they're going to have a South Oak Cliff Day on the 22nd of January, if I'm not mistaken. So it'd be probably a week from Saturday. Yes. yeah, okay. And, and uh, I won't even be in town for that, by the way. But uh, I remember... Um, As Russell got up and talked about the parade, he had to bring up the infamous Dallas Cowboys (laughs) parade— celebration. Everybody was like, hey, we got to keep that down. You know, don't, kids, when you Google that, this is not what we expect from you as we celebrate. (laughs)
1: This this, this was uh, before your parents were born, but we had a parade (laughs) here once that didn't go so well.
2: (laughs) Didn't go so well (laughs) at all. I believe uh, the the quote-unquote was burning cars. I believe is what Russell Maryland said, burning cars. So, yeah, uh, we don't want that, but it was a a great event. It It, really was, and, and I was able to get up and introduce uh coach Todd who uh went to Texas Southern yep. by the way so he's a swag man and uh you know he's a legacy guy he's been all through uh the Dallas school system uh he actually went to uh, South Oak Cliff and he uh uh went to uh I think Late. he got his masters at Texas A&M Commerce okay so yeah he is a he's an uh, HBCU grad and man, you know, he's just one of those guys that just stuck in there. And let's let's be real, uh, because of the pandemic, a lot of D I S D schools were finally getting some of the financial aid that they've not just necessarily aid, but just necessary. Uh, resources to shore to, up the facilities, the facility, schools, the yeah. schools and everything, not just in at South Oak Cliff. But you just talked about uh, uh, Ira Terrell uh, having his name on the new Roosevelt gym. None of that would have happened without the, the, the influx of, of, of funds that came through because of the pandemic. So thank God for that. And that made South Oak Cliff has said that it was because of that infusion of resources and money that w- they were able to finally compete with the rest of the state. So now no more taking buses to go practice somewhere where you, you, you don't it's not your field. You could practice at your own field. You had your own building to study in. So those kind of things that uh, they had to go through this entire season, it wasn't really talked about much, but it was the things that they had to overcome on the way to winning this championship. The Golden Bears of South Oak Cliff. Golden and, Bears. And, uh, there you go, Bill. By the way, that Alito team,
1: they've, they've won like eight state championships. Yes. So that was a huge hurdle to, to, to get past. Thank you, Bill. So that's that's great. Yeah. And uh, Mickey, the uh, the Cowboys had the South Oak Cliff football team out at uh, for the, the last home regular season did game. Did they? Did they? Against Washington. There was I a, did not know that. I don't know if it was the whole team, but there was a whole bunch of them that were at the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the Cowboys are hoping that uh, for this game on Sunday, hmm. their fans show up and don't sell tickets. By the way, after we saw what took place, yep, kind of took over the stadium.
2: Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. We caught some uh, of that. We <laughs> caught, <we> caught <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. We as, caught a matter... that. <laughs> yep.
0: as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I saw I saw something from Matthew Stafford uh he said it was a tough environment for us to communicate in and that means in his <laughs> own stadium they and and some of the people said that that uh they had to go silent count cuz it was so loud
2: isn't that crazy bill i mean yeah. you, this your home stadium the cowboys have had it bad Mm-hmm. People love to come visit. That's what happens right. when you got no beautiful stadium. That's what SoFi had to get used to. You got this beautiful uh, stadium. You know, people say, you know what? I'm not going to buy my husband a, a, a watch. We're going to go to an experience. And sometimes these great arenas are part of that experience. And you get these fans coming in here. They don't like the Cowboys and they cheer real loud. Mm-hmm. And when I heard the 49er fans at SoFi, I called my buddy. I'm like, where are they playing? It was crazy. I mean, the, the the it was it was when the comeback was happening in the second half, it was as if they were spurred on by the SoFi crowd, which is very unusual. And of course,
1: LA is such a melting pot city. Yes. That uh, and and the Rams having not played there for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, that it's easy for Forty er fans to get tickets there. <laughs> it sure was. Hey, hey, Mickey. So Jerry. Jerry's hoping to get a hundred thousand at the game Sunday.
0: That's what he said. He would like to see that. And I bet they will, you know, sell more of the standing room only tickets. Uh, You guys, you guys probably aren't there when they open the gates, but it it is the funniest thing you've ever seen uh, when they let the standing room people in uh, and there's a rush to get to the best standing spot possible. Right. And the game against which game was it? Uh, it wasn't the last home game. It was the one before that. I saw some lady come running through there, and she face planted. Just oh, went down. Because <laughs> that was of, the
2: Washington uh, game. Right?
0: Everybody's rushing to get to the edge, right, so they can st- stand there and see. And I would imagine they're going to pack those in pretty good. Um, so I've, yeah, I've already uh, have. I already it, have up-
2: people calling about. Standing room only tickets. I just got off the, call, off the call with a guy. He wanted to know if he can get three standing room only tickets. I said, "Good luck, brother. Good luck." Can you can you help yeah. a guy if out? People Mickey? Will do it just to say they were
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> do what now? Can, can you, you help, help a, a brother guy out?
1: out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got connections, don't you, Mickey?
0: Oh yes, I've got big connections. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, but they're uh, going
0: to have to show they're going to have to show their vaccination card and that they're a Cowboys fan. You
1: doggone a, a right, first. I like that. There, I like that. Go. All right, Mickey. Let's. Uh, how about we make this last segment a, a longer segment and uh, tell us what we need to talk about in this next segment? What What would you like to hit on in this next segment?
0: Well, I, I think uh, interesting thing Mike McCarthy said uh, today because uh, everybody's talking about the. 49ers' ability to run the football and and how they do it out of different personnel sets doesn't matter how many running backs or how many wide receivers they still run the football and he had an interesting comment about the Cowboys' uh, defensive tackle rotation and I think I figured out also why Antonio Brown was doing jumping jacks without his shirt on in the end zone.
1: All right, that when mixed shots <laughs> continues in a moment. back, back, back. to mixed shots
0: Cowboys Nation head to the pro shop to step your game up for the playoffs we have white hot gear for our white out Home crowd, score classics like jersey, tees, and hats, plus exclusive collections and unique accessories when you visit your local Dallas Cowboy Pro Shop or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com. It's a fanatic's experience.
2: Nice. All right, very good. Uh, One
1: thing that uh, before we get into what Mickey teased, um... Was that was after the show yesterday? Joe Judge let let go by the Giants. Gee, what a surprise! <laughs> what a
2: surprise! What yep. Surprise! It took so long. That I was, mean, that was a slow burn. Uh, you know, they just should have gotten rid of him with with uh, with uh, uh, Jason Garrett. That's just a slow burn. We knew uh, it was coming. Uh,
1: but but they were making noise like they were going to keep him, you know. And they were and Gettleman was quote unquote retiring, and uh, but they went ahead. Uh, ownership met with uh, Joe Judge on Monday, and they called him Tuesday morning and said, "Okay, you're 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 gone." You know, Mickey. After watching that play, that quarterback sneak on third and nine from their own four yard line, I mean I don't know how you could possibly keep a head coach. I mean he had to be making some sort of statement that he wanted out of there to, anyway, when you're when you're approving the offense running that play. Uh
0: so we were we were right back when we said they just basically sacrificed Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator uh, when they let him go, right because uh, he was trying to save his own ass, and it didn't quite work, did it?
1: yep uh, and so it worked out well for Jason he, he, I don't I can't remember the timing of it first of December whatever he got the holidays off and so didn't, didn't have <laughs> to en- shopping <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't have to endure the last five weeks of that uh, meltdown all right Mickey uh, what about coach McCarthy and what he talked about with the defensive tackle rotation
0: yeah because we know that uh, the 49ers like to run the football. Uh, they've been very good at it uh, this year. As a matter of fact, I was going to look it up and let you know, but I I didn't want to do it from memory. Uh, but from a an offensive standpoint, uh, San Francisco uh, ended up the seventh uh, or, or the seventh ranked rushing team, uh, and and they like to do it with two running backs, uh, one running back, two fullbacks. Uh, Heck, they'll do it out of three wide receivers and hand the ball to uh, Debo Samuel. Uh, So uh, he was asked about the defensive tackle rotation, and, and he said that was one of the reasons in this last game that they played Neville Gallimore a little bit more than maybe the other uh, starters because they wanted to make sure he was in rhythm to mm. play more snaps. You know, when they first brought him back after missing all of the season uh, until the, what, the last month, uh, they were r- regulating his snaps. And, yeah, but he still almost killed, killed somebody that, boy, doing that process. We got to,
2: two people, as a matter of fact. He almost right, killed two yeah, people and, doing that process. Yeah,
0: and, <laughs> Right, yeah, and that was early in the process, right? right. Uh, and he said, and he said basically his, his –
1: Oops, oops. We lost him. Come on. Awfully there well. You there you go. go. Only just something something happened awfully Snap your well. fingers. Just snap yeah. your fingers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Neville, when he came, that, I think that was his first game back. That was against, his first game back. Against Washington yes, it was. when two people almost died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think Everson I it I, was
2: the center and the quarterback, and the quarterback. that's right.
1: <laughs> that's right. I, he seemed to be in a pretty good rhythm then. He really it? did. He
2: really did. You know, when you when your name becomes a verb, I mean that says something about how devastating you are. So he got what is it? He got Neville. He got Gallimore. He got uh, Gallimore. You yeah. can do it with either either word. Neveled.
1: He got Neville or he got, got
2: Gallimore. Man, that's a good one too. He got Neville.
1: <laughs> You know, but but Mickey, seriously, this, uh, this Niners run game is a concern for this defense, especially uh, even you look back to last week against the Eagles. And, you know, yeah, there were some guys missing on the Cowboys side of things, including Micah Parsons. But, um, you know, that's that's the bread and butter for the 49ers. Uh, establish that run game. They, they want to carry the ball 40 times in this game.
0: Oh, no, absolutely, And you know what and Mike emphasized though that they would like to be able to carry the ball thirty times. Mm-hmm. uh He figures if they can run it that much, then their offense is functioning just the way uh he would like it to be, so yeah, it's almost like both teams uh have this idea of exactly what uh they want to do, and you know, and one of the things um that that I've looked at with this with this cowboy defense and and I don't know if this is going to shock you or not, Uh, but uh, over the course of the season, uh, the Cowboys defense faced 1,082 plays from scrimmage and gave up 5,967 yards. But of those 5,967 yards, (laughs) 2,334 occurred on just
2: 60%. Is that what we're going to say, 60% of the plays?
1: <laughs> He'll be back here in a second. And
0: come on 76 plays. <laughs> and,
2: and, hey, hey and run so that by me one more time, Speck. What's happened Spax. with this Cowboy defense hear
0: basically the big plays. We need we to, need, to hear, we those need those numbers hear that one, one more, more time. time yeah. You
2: kind of went out on us. It was very important. You you went out just at, at the wrong time. One more time, please.
0: You know what we need to cut a hole in the wall <laughs> and I could shout it to you better than the reception is, right? That's very true, Spags.
2: That's so true. <laughs> but what,
1: but so no, where, did I, where did I leave something off? You, you, whatever you said number, 60 60 something, whatever your number, 60-something. You gave, you gave the 1,000. Out of so those yards. 1,000 snaps, 5,000 yards, and then it was 60 froze. Okay. Okay. All
0: right. So – Uh, What I was trying to point out is one of the problems the Cowboys defense have had is giving up big plays, big pass and run plays. Right. Yeah. And and so seventy six plays, seventy six plays of 20 yards or more accounted for two thousand three hundred and thirty four yards for opponents. They were averaging on those seventy six plays, 30 yards a play. So 40 percent of the yards the Cowboys gave up came on big plays. So that's one of the things, and it's been run plays too. And and so that's one of the things that they've got to make sure uh, they cut down on. Now, in this game, it's going to help that Parsons is back. They need Der Esch to play like the, what was he, the the wolf howler or whatever it was. Uh, I'll I'll take how he played last week. He was pretty decent
2: last week and how he was around the ball all the time. And and he really seemed to. To have, uh, I guess, with, with Parsons out, he seemed to try to take that role. Obviously not as good as Parsons, but he was definitely around the ball a lot more this past game than in recent games.
0: No, absolutely. And they're going to need that. They they need some head knocking up there. Not only the defensive front, the defensive tackles, but those linebackers, too.
2: Hey, let, let me say something also about uh, San Francisco's offense. And, You know, when you start looking at that team, I don't know if we talked about much of it uh, yesterday, I can't recall, but, you know, they have a lot of jet motion going uh, and having Debo in the backfield that can be extremely deceptive on run and play action, Spags, and that's something that's making me real nervous because if we're not able to handle that run, then we're going to be sliced and diced down the field with the play action because a lot of those receivers are running routes off of this jet motion, and it's hard for a defensive back to get in position to cover big plays when you're on the move. You know that's something I had to kind of, you know, get accustomed to. And when I came to the pros, is covering wide receivers while in motion. And they don't just run theirs in motion. The jet sweeps, uh, the, the the jet motion itself can cause bunch situations. When the three wide receivers are together, he can uh, 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 motion away from Bunch, uh, a motion towards Bunch. Those kind of things are by design because they want to make sure that you're as confused as possible and confused on the run. So that, those are things that we. I'm sure that they're practicing their butts off in regards to trying to handle that because not only can it, it, it put you out of position physically, but mentally it it can confuse you and have you play in the the, the wrong position as well as the wrong assignment.
0: So recognition and having studied is going to be very big
2: important. Time, for this big time, big time. And This is young defense too, Spag. So you know these young guys, they have to understand just how important that is and how different that is from any team that they played because that that is Shanahan's style. Everson, did you hear? So They should put a sign out.
0: (laughs) They need to put a sign out, no hunting sacks.
2: Ah, interesting. Everson, did you hear who the offensive player of the week is in the NFC? I did hear that on the way in, sir. I did. I believe his name was. Some guy in a slump. D.P. D.P. DP, are you with me? That's
1: it. Five touchdown passes will get it done, now, whether you're playing against the JV or not,
2: right, Mickey? It don't matter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and well-deserved and shows that, you know what, he can see the field, by the way, if he has time to look.
2: That's it. <laughs> yeah, I would say he had plenty of time in that game. And let's be real, some of those throws that he made, you know, we talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers and and, and – We got some great quarterbacks in this league. There's no doubt about it. And and they get a lot of props for dropping dimes. They always talk about dropping dimes. I have seen Dak under pressure while rolling out of the pocket. I mean, sometimes he's like one step away from being out of bounds, and yet he can still find someone like a Michael Gallup or Amari Cooper who's also doing the toe drag swag, you know, sometimes just to save a sack. You know, and he, sometimes he'll salvage a play, and it's twelve yards on the sideline. I recall uh, when Lyle Collins got in trouble uh, for uh, the fight; he and Zeke got in trouble for the fight. I can't remember the game, but on that particular play, Dak Prescott—I don't know how he got that ball into Michael Gallup. It was a completed pass. No one talked about how good the pass was because the idiocy came after that, mm-hmm. and so it, it clearly it, it overshadowed. What Dak Prescott has been doing all year long in regards to finding his receivers in some seriously tough situations. Mickey, have anything to add to that? He's talking, but you can't (laughs) hear. He's talking, but you can't. He's he's frozen.
1: He's froze up again. Mm All right, uh, we've got two minutes left on this edition of Mixed Shots. We got, uh, we'll work out our kinks in the playoff satellite center. <laughs> that's
2: all right. We, we can go on without them. We don't need them. It's just yeah. it, when it's it's just mixed shots. It's just that's just on the on the. You board.
1: talked about Charles Haley earlier. Uh, Charles Haley, yes. We um, had ran a. Oh, sub-
2: I can see. I'm
0: unfrozen now.
1: There you are. Wow. There you are. I was going to mention that. Uh, <laughs> Everson talked about Charles Haley being at this event today. Uh we had Charles on um CBS eleven last night. Keith Russell did a zoom interview with Charles and Ronnie Lott uh talking Live? It it well it was it was it was a Zoom interview, so, I mean, it was live. So they where, were on where'd together you see that? Where'd you see at the that? same time. Where would you see that? Well, it was on, uh, we ran it on CBS 11 last night. They taped it at 7 o'clock last because, night.
2: Because uh, when he came up to oh. we, we parked next to each other uh, at the event. Okay. We were talking about the, the uh, at City Hall Plaza. So we parked next to each other. I was walking, and then he comes pulling, in. he's got this big old truck. I'm like, what are you doing with this big truck? The wheels are taller than me. And so he gets out, and he goes, hey, man, Ronnie Lott was really giving you some props last night. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, I talked to Ronnie. You know, he didn't give me the whole thing. I right. didn't know it was a Zoom interview. Yeah. I thought they were just on the phone talking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But but it was, it was, he, was he said uh, Ronnie was, was I guess, off camera. He was very uh, complimentary of me. And Charles never comes to me with good news like that. <laughs> so it was very, very unusual. Here's, here's one thing. I appreciate
1: it. Uh, one thing that uh, Ronnie Lott said. He said that uh, when the Cowboys played the 49ers um and I guess it was in the 80s or whatever year I don't 80s. know I don't know if it was the 82 game or not but uh but it, before the game that Ronnie Lott went past midfield okay he's on the cow, you know the teams are warming up on both ends of the field and and he said that he walked on the Cowboys side of the field at the side of the 50 yard line And Randy White came up to him and said, you get your butt on the other side (laughs) of the field. And, and, and Roddy said, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, sir.
2: <laughs> sir. <laughs> we'll deal with you later. Yeah, yes, sir. We can't deal with you I, right I'm now. not sure if that was the the,
1: uh, the championship, the yeah, conference championship game or another
2: uh, meeting, but it could have been. Yeah, yeah been. Maybe, maybe in '85 we played them as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I thought I would it was imagine hilarious. it was more intense in in '82 than yeah. it was in '85. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but you, know, you talk about a guy that that. Um, even in retirement, 30 years later or whatever, uh, he Ronnie Lott has that certain aura about him. Yeah, you know? he does.
2: Uh, y- y- well, that's my classmate, man. The yep. class of 81, we were full there of guys go. like that. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, I, was, I, I considered myself that class even though I wasn't drafted. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the, that once again, they said that the defensive class of 1981 was considered probably the best defensive class in the history of the NFL draft. So I would add Michael Downs and Everson Walls to that myself, and we would only make that class better. So I take much pride in that, even though we want All right, we well, that, that might be my research so project so, for that tomorrow. That
0: solidifies the statement. There huh? you go. Thank that, you. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
1: All right, uh, Mickey, we're going to work hey, out. Hey,
0: before we go, yep. one last thing I'm going to give you, okay? All right, mm-hmm. this,
1: this is what we call a
2: Mick, Mick. – Last shot. (laughs) Big buzzer shot. This is a big buzzer shot. (laughs) Well, we can ran it as well, yeah.
0: (laughs) So I ran into this because someone was going through guys that missed uh, incentives by a narrow amount. And this paragraph stood out to me. Free agent wide receiver Antonio Brown missed out on nearly $1 million in incentives for failing to reach 50 catches, 600 yards, and five touchdowns. Each of those markers would have earned him Mm $333,330. He finished the season with 42 catches, five hundred and forty five yards and four touchdowns. So when he was mad on the sideline, he was mad because he wasn't getting targeted enough so he can get his million dollar incentive.
2: But if you let him tell it, he said it was because he was injured and did not want to go in.
0: Yeah, right. That's what he he was mentally injured because he was losing money.
1: And then couple that with the video that went viral this week of Gronk getting Thank his you. incentive. Thank you. He got his incentive. Yeah. We I,
2: want to make sure he got you, his incentive. You saw
1: the video of that I didn't did. It, where, I did. Yeah. He went to Brady and said, "Hey, I need one more, one, one more. more." And everybody in the stadium knew it. The announcers I'm not knew it, everybody. At him. I am not mad at him. Uh, so they, So that's
2: kind of contradictory to what Brown and, is and, saying.
0: Yeah, he he blamed it on he blamed it on an injury. He blamed it on his pocketbook. I'll guarantee you that yeah, was Yeah, his, his pocketbook. And are let me give right you now. one. <laughs> yeah, and let me give you one more. Uh, who was glued to that uh, to those final games uh, in the playoffs? One, Malcolm Jenkins had a five hundred thousand dollar bonus from the Saints if they made the playoffs.
2: Uh. Oh, wow. So he was cheering for the tie. Yes. No, the, 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 tie, he, the, the tie. Well, not well, – no, the tie wasn't the the – No, there was the Niners.
1: If the Niners yeah. don't beat the Rams, then if the Saints If the Niners run.
0: lost, yeah.
1: That's right. W- so it's Imagine if
0: you were sitting with him watching <laughs> watching that game when it went into overtime.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh man, pressure, pressure. Yeah, his poor wife. <laughs> 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 um, okay,
1: <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Mix. I'm good. All right,
2: go Cowboys, Bill. You can't say that right now. Can nope. you?
1: <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
2: How about this,
1: Cowboys? Yeah!